At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal Ammunition's podcast, It's Federal Season. I'm Julie Golub, your guest host for this episode, and I am so pleased, so pleased to be joined by a competitive shooter and fellow federal ambassador, Crystal Dunn. Crystal, it's so great to have you here. Oh, thank you, Julie. I'm so excited to be here. When I found out I got to do this with you, I was so excited because it's been so long since you and I have got to have a conversation or do anything like this. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I know, I know. No, it's going to be great. And I, I'm excited because, you know, range talk is range talk, but this is like sit down girl talk and 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 shooting talk. So it'll be good. So uh, a little quick bio on Crystal. She is a competitive shooter and owns a skincare salon. You know, you might think that's an odd pairing, but maybe not. <laughs> Crystal grew up in a military family and spent her childhood all around the country shooting pistols with her dad, her mom, and her uncles. Yes, absolutely. However, she's never even heard of competitive shooting until the fateful day that her dad asked her to try it. After shooting an IDPA match, a Defensive Pistol Association match, she quickly transitioned to USPSA and got into precision rifle competition. She's now very well established into her competitive shooting career, traveling to matches and events all around the country, proudly promoting the shooting sports and, of course, Second Amendment rights. Uh, You have quite the journey here with getting started, and we're going to get into all of that. But I think the big question everybody has is, how is it working in the beauty industry as well as being a competitive shooter? Oh my gosh, um, funny. Well, thank you for that introduction. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I get that a lot. You know, it's funny because I've been doing, I've been in the beauty industry since 2007. So it's changed a lot, right? The climate towards Second Amendment and guns and everything has changed. So there's been times when it's been, you know, kind of um, exciting to share that with people and people have been excited for me. There's been times when people are kind of like, oh, that's what you do. Um, (laughs) But as of late, it's been so wonderful because I love the fact that so many women and clients come in and like, it's adorable. They're like, you would be so proud of me. I took a conceal and carry class. Like it it just, it warms my heart, you know, where they come come to me for resources. And so I love that. I love that I get to bridge that gap a little bit and be a resource for women who are looking, looking to uh, incorporate that, whether it's for safety and self-protection or like, you know, like you guys do with your, make it a family thing. You know, I I love that. So yeah, I am excited. I get to do that. That's fantastic. Has it increased your clientele at all? Do you have more customers that are like, Pro Second Amendment people once yeah, they find Yeah, you know, out. sometimes I, I do. I mean, I'm sure at some point I maybe lost a few customers too, but no, on the on the, on the the bigger <laughs> side as a whole, I think it has been that um, there was like a local news story about me owning a salon and and, and shooting a, a long time ago. And I was shocked. I saw people like, oh, like I saw you in the news and I just figured, oh, she has a salon that's close to me. I'll come check it out and see what that's about. And I, and I, I love that because I, I embrace that community, right? Creating community for people. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and so being a small business owner and being a competitive shooter, does it is it stressful at times, you know, with, you know, obviously you're working within hours for people 
to go get, you know, their salon necessities yeah. taken care of. Um, how does that work out with all the travel that you do? Yeah, too? no, good question. I definitely had to, because our industry is a lot on the weekends, right? So that's heavy with that. So yeah. um, I definitely had to get uh, more involved as I as I grew and I had other team members and, and stuff that could help me and take more of those clients because it's like, it's Saturday during shooting season, I'm out, right? Or come winter. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> or come winter, I'll work every Saturday yeah. so that I can take them off in the summer to go shoot. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, located in Minnesota, I could see why you could take True. Yes. No, there's not much shooting for us up here. So, and even sometimes it matches, I'll have to be like, you know what? Hold on. Wait, there's something at the salon. I got to do something. I'll be right back. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a fun thing to balance, but our winter for us is, is a, uh, is dry fire season. That's, that's winter here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So from our bio, we learned that uh, you started early shooting with your family and mostly your dad. Do you remember that first experience shooting with him and what it was like? How did it resonate with you? What were your oh, thoughts? I love it because it's, you know, it's funny just because I feel like you and I have shared that and I've loved getting to chat with you about that and how special your times with your dad were and the traveling and the going to ranges and just that special relationship between you guys. And so I feel like that was definitely something with me and in my dad was I remember being like really young going to the range with my dad and his friends and being his little brass rat and him being like don't put your fingers in your mouth but pick up all those shiny things and put them in the bucket you know what I mean so I, I definitely <laughs> there was a special yeah exactly. special times and just the talks going to the range and everything so that was nice because that was always like his and my thing and and that I feel like is another reason why I tell people that, you know, Second Amendment is about sporting, about personal protection, and about family and bonding for those for that reason. Yeah, such dad and daughter time is priceless and precious. And it's it's something that's so unique that uh, I it's it's nice to see more and more people are doing that these days, especially with youngsters out there shooting. I absolutely agree. And and um trap. Trap is apparently one of the biggest uh, growing high school sports right now. And I love to see that. I think that's so excited because it's also going to help to preserve ranges and, and bring business and revenue. And um, so I'm just excited because it'll just hopefully grow that and grow that sport. Definitely. So you started with your dad, just shooting with him, hanging out, picking up all the brass. <laughs> um, I want to know how you got started in competitive shooting. What was the spark? What was the catalyst moment for you? Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny you you say that um, or, or ask that question. I, I was like mid-20s and went through a breakup and I was kind of like, I'm going to go find myself. So I, I just being honest, right? And I started, I took like a woodworking class and upholstery class and a breakdancing class. And like I was doing all kinds of stuff. And um, then my CrossFit gym did a range day and I hadn't been in a while because my parents live somewhere else now and I was like gosh I miss this and my dad was like you should look into a competitive shooting and I first looked up USPSA and it seemed oh big intimidating right and then he, he and then he yeah. recommended like you know look at steel challenge look at IDPA and then I just happened the the guy I found to give me some whole, uh, lessons on safety and range commands and holster handling and all of that um was an IDPA so I luckily did a did a training class with him and then and then went from there that's great so so what made you, did you know instantly that, yeah, this is what you wanted to do? Or were you like, oh, this might be fun to do on the weekends? I mean, what was, how was your journey gone? Yeah. You know, I feel like for a lot of people, it's kind of like that first match or two. And I was hooked 
right? It was so exciting. And I always tell people, you know, after high school and college, how often do you get the chance to compete, especially like in an individual sport? Um, and that is so exciting because you're always kind of competing against yourself and that personal uh, betterment. And it's just a journey. So I, I loved it right away. And I knew like, hey, this is for me. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And right. no stopping you. Um, what I think is is really neat about your story is um, there are a lot of professional shooters out there or people who compete a lot that have, you know, they're very blessed. They don't have to carry a day job or anything like that. How do you balance being such a competitive, you know, athlete with having a great business too? Yeah. Um, well, well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, hard at times, right? But at the same time, I do I do laugh and I do love it because when people come talk to me about that and I can relate, right? Because when they say, well, gosh, you know, I want to be better, but I don't have time and I don't, and you know, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just level with them and just be like, Hey, I, I have a day job. Like, cause people do think sometimes that's all I do. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I got a job. <laughs> I gotta go. I got something I do. Yeah. Right. Like I gotta go do stuff. Um, and so I'll just be honest. I'll be like, Hey, I get it. There are seasons where I'm like, I've got my goals and I am dedicated and I'm like, I'm going to put all my work in and I'm going to put, um, hopefully see results once I put that work in. And so I always say like, you know, we all only have so much time. It's about prioritizing. Um, and then, and then from there, there's conversations about like, sometimes a lot of people just don't know how to practice. Right. And so it's just like, Hey, if you have this much time, focus on this. If you've got this much time, focus on this. And and I'll be like, and there's times, you know what, where I don't, I, I don't prioritize it and I don't see the results, but when I want to see results, I put the work in and, and you'll see it too. So it's nice to, to be able to relate with people on yeah. that. Absolutely. I think a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Right. And so they yes. look at shooting and they're just instantly overwhelmed because they're like, you want me to run and do this and reload and do that and shoot this from there? And it gets very overwhelming. Uh, what tips would you have for someone who's wanting to dip their toes into competitive shooting? You know, a real life person who's got a day job, maybe family, whatever. What What are your recommendations on how to do that? Yeah. So, um, and, and I think, you know, over the years, obviously you've put out so much great information. And so obviously I kind of tell people, Hey, there's certain people to follow that do give so much great information. Right. So definitely follow those people. But, um, you know, when, when talking to me personally, I always say practicing more often is better than practicing a, not at all, or long bouts less frequently. Right. So it's like, just get your, you know, 10, mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes of dry fire in a day. Um, and I always say, you know, work, work on your marksmanship, and your fundamentals. Always come back to your fundamentals. Um, dry fire as much as you can, especially you know ammo and range time that can get costly. Um, so so build your skills. Go out to test it at the range and make sure that your skills are matching what you're working on in dry fire. And then just keep building on those fundamentals. When would you say someone's ready to to jump in and shoot their first match? Um, I honestly feel like you are ready to jump in and shoot your first match as soon as you are safe. And you know the rules and the range commands, right? Because I think that, especially in the beginning, um, you know, we're just worried about you being safe. We're not worried about you coming in at, at the top, right? So, and I think, that, right? And then, <laughs> I mean, I always say matches aren't practice, but in the beginning, it's definitely where you learn what you need to work on and what skills. And video, that's a big one. Video yourself when you dry fire, when you practice, when you shoot matches. It's not just for YouTube or the gram. It's to learn and, and see what you're doing and not doing and what you need to go back and work on. 
Absolutely. So back to you. <laughs> what are some of your shooting goals for this year, your five-year plan? I want to know. Right, what, are you, right. what are you hoping for? Um, well, I am, uh, am, was, I well, so I got some bad news. I tore my ACL. Um, so I'm having surgery oh, no. on Wednesday, um, which is going to put a little bit of a damper wow. on my season. But I'm pivoting and it's actually going to give me a chance to do some more NRL. And so I've been uh, working on doing a, a 22 build and um, I am switching over to carry optics. So hopefully later in the summer, I'll be able to get back out to more USPSA matches when I can jump and twist and pivot and I'm not on crutches and can do cool stuff again. Um, but for me, it's going to be uh, learning, you know, kind of the nuances of switching over to a dot and an optic versus iron sights um, and just working on yeah. my, again, you know, fundamentals coming back. The I think the hardest part of the game is the simplest part. You know, shooting is simple, but it's not easy. So it's going to be, you know, yeah. working on having the marksmanship down and moving as fast as you can, obviously, and being as efficient as possible, whether you're practicing or actually shooting a stage. So Crystal, huge issue with an injury, obviously something very challenging to deal with can you tell our listeners about that pivot from USPSA, which is run and gun, to NRL and what you're doing there in that sport a little bit in case they don't know? Yeah, so uh, National Rifle League, um, and it's it's basically going to be, um, you know, Rimfire 22, custom builds, really fun stuff. Um, and what I really like about that is that um, – it's kind of mimicking those long range precision, like PRS precision rifle series matches, um, but you don't have to have the distance. So it's, so again, you can just offer that to so many more people. Um, for me personally, to shoot a, a legit uh, precision rifle match, I have to drive probably at least three hours or so. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but with these 22 matches, they're great because you can mimic that distance, obviously, with that smaller caliber. So it just opens it up to so many more ranges and so many more people. And we have some a great local community running that um, where they're shoot where they're shooting these matches, um, and they kind of have like the fun mail-in matches where they have uh, a set way to run a match and set courses of fire, and then everybody around the country can do it. You mail it in, and they rank you for the whole country, which I think is so fun, so cool, and lets you uh, get a better idea where you stack up. They're positional shooting, so they're again they're meant to be precision. That's kind of mimicked down uh, with the distance um, or scaled down, I should say, for 22. And they have a lot of positional shooting, so you have to maybe shoot, you know, off bags, off the site of like a, a tank trap, um, or you have to shoot, you know, a, a certain <clears throat> way with like the the plates and the gongs at different distances. So fun uh, stuff, but you're not necessarily running and gunning. So with me having kind of a bum leg. I might have to do some awkward positions, but I don't have to necessarily worry about running around all crazy as intensely as you would on something like a USPSA course. So right. and steel and, and steel challenge too. That's an option too, which I'd, I'd love to do more of because that can be really fun. And as you always tell people, it's a great, it's a great starting place for people too. Yes, definitely. Uh, I'm curious, like obviously USPSA is so fast and furious, right? It's, it's, it's intense, right? How how is it shooting NRL with you know where obviously you need to control as much as possible? Do you find there are correlations between the two sports, or are they two different things completely? You know, it it's gosh, that's such a great question because yes, it, it's there's some similarities and some differences, and it's so funny because as you know, um, uh, sometimes you can shoot a stage in USPSA and like nine seconds or yeah. you know you know I, I mean at the most like 
30 seconds, right? And it's funny because I did go do an actual, um, a team precision rifle match out at the uh, JP Blue Steel Ranch where you had to find the targets and it, you had to coordinate with your partner. So one person spotting, the other person shooting. It was, uh, you know, uh, rifle and carbine. And you had six minutes to complete the stage, which sounds like an eternity. But oh my God, you're sitting there like, I can't find the next target. And like, it's just... <laughs> You know, it's so different, but yet at the same time, there's still that pressure and there's still that um, that precision piece of it where at the end of the day, you're always going to do better focusing on your marksmanship and being accurate and efficient than you are just running on crazy and squirting bullets and, and, and that kind of thing. So that exactly. does cross over. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, back to kind of new shooters and wanting to get started. Um, you mentioned dry fire and being safe. And as soon as you've got those fundamentals down, get ready to go shoot. But what happens if you don't have matches in your area? What is your, what is your advice to go find places to shoot? Yeah. So um, luckily there are a, a lot of resources and I think you are, you're always really good about uh, giving those out. And I think it can vary state to state. And um, usually the sport will hopefully have like a club finder or a match finder or something like that. My stage is really great that there's a, a group of people who have volunteered to take all the different shooting sports and create a Google calendar, which oh, wow. is so nice. Yeah. Cause then, yeah, then you can go and know what, clubs are hosting what matches, get a little information about it. And then, I mean, you could shoot in the summer almost every single day of the week, which is great because we take advantage of that short little season we have for that. Um, so definitely <clears throat> just, uh, you know, like I said, there's certain people that you can follow that can give you information, but also those online resources and figuring out either what gear you need um, or what, uh, you know, co range commands and what safety things you need before you go. And then also just go watch one if you can find one. If you go, you know, the shooting community is so friendly and helpful. Just go watch a match. People tell you, you know, loan you gear, give you information and tell you what you need. And you can just kind of spectate and get your feet wet, feel more comfortable before you can go out and try it yourself. That's great advice. Great advice. Um, what do you have uh, advice for any women specifically? Because um, I think that you, you're you so relatable to so many people. You know, you're, you, you're in the beauty industry and you're obviously uh, very beautiful yourself. Um, oh, and you're just, you're like fun and happy and punk, you know, just great. Awesome. <laughs> What advice do you have for women that may be timid about getting involved in a shooting sport? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's funny you say that because I really thought it was going to be a little bit of a boys club. I'm not going to lie. I was real nervous to come out there and I'm like, am I going to get kicked out? Because there's this little part of me that's thinking, right, that this is what guys do on the weekends to like kind of get a break from the family and the women's, you know, <laughs> and, and like get out of here, right? You're ruining our vibe. But it was the opposite. It could not have been further from the truth. People were so excited. And, and I see you get this all the time. It's like, Julie, like you're such a great role model and I hope my daughter can be like you and I hope, you know, my my wife or my whoever can come out and it's, um, you know, coming out there, people are like, I'm so glad that you tried this. I wish this lady in my life would try this and just encouraging and helpful. So I do commu communicate that to women a lot. Um, I would say that the biggest thing that I try to uh, communicate to, to women is um, so many ranges these days, especially like indoor gun clubs, are hosting ladies only nights. And, and if you're feeling timid and, and nervous, start there. Um, I tell people a conceal and carry class is not a learn to shoot class, right? Like it's more of a laws and rules. You're expected to be somewhat proficient when you show up. So definitely start with like a basic fundamentals, um, a private lesson or a, or a ladies class and check your local ranges because almost all ranges across the country now have, you know, some ladies or women's only classes now. 
Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely great advice. Another thing I love about what you do is you have girlfriends in the shooting sports. And it's great to see your network of of how you're like, oh, I'm going here with this friend and I'm doing this with this. And it's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. It's so fun. It's so fun. And it's great bonding, right? And you know what's funny? Um, I have now some ladies that I have followed in the beauty industry that are like the 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 big, you know beauty industry educators and they'll kind of like slide into my dms like oh my god i love that you shoot like do you ever come out by me and like so i'm actually trying to organize uh like a range weekend for a bunch of these beauty girls and i think it'd be so much fun that sounds amazing you'll have to keep us posted on that well for sure for sure All right. i love it we're going to take a quick break but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about something that i think is going to be right up your alley we're going to talk more about accuracy so hang on and we'll be we'll be right back it's a legacy 100 years in the making, where American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism. Technology blended with new ideas. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota. Born in 1922, made in America, proud to be the best. A century of innovation, and we're just getting warmed up. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and our technology segment, Tech Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I am talking with federal ambassador and competitive shooter, Crystal Dunn. All right, Crystal, a lot of shooters fall into one or two categories when they start shooting, right? They're either slow, steady, and they're completely zoned in on accuracy, right? Or they're the complete opposite, and they are just speed demons that are just going after everything as fast as they can. I want to know what you classify yourself as and perhaps what you recommend. I'd love this discussion because this is always a great debate. <laughs> it is. I love that you brought that up because it is. It is so true and it's so classic. You do like most people do kind of fall into one or the other. Um, and it's so it's so funny and it's so gratifying too when you there's a few guys I can think of that started shooting around the same time I did. And it was hilarious because I used to say, um, you know, some people too in the shooting sports wear like bright neon shoes, right? And I'd be like, you need to change your <laughs> shoes because they're controlling things here. Your feet are just, you know, um, and you do, you see some people, they pick a pace and they are shooting at that pace, whether they see what they need to see or not, right? And it's so funny because you're walking around and you're like, that was fast, but Alpha Mike, Charlie Mike, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. I'm not, I was the turtle. I was the turtle that was like, yeah, I got a lot of alphas, but wow, I had time for a snack in there. I had a, you know, I had a sandwich at one point. That's what I, that's where I started from for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, I really think that what I have learned is, um, and this is something that's been really fun to go out to the range with other people when I'm introducing them and like how to practice is that, um, you shouldn't be shooting without a goal in every single drill, in my opinion, right? Because um, I think a lot of people, and I found this out confirmed recently, think that if they go and they just hammer it out and do the 10,000 hour thing, right? Like it'll put itself together. I'm like, no, and you're wasting a lot of money in bullets, <laughs> right? So definitely whether it's uh, your strong suit of speed or or, or, or accuracy, um, you need to focus and then work 
twice as hard on the thing that you're not as good at and putting that together in my opinion. And so that requires a lot of um, micro drills that I do and then I analyze and then I realize where I'm um, you know, strong or weak. And so for example, for me is uh, there's like the accelerator drill where you set out three targets at uh, staggered distances, right? And you shoot back to front, front to back. And I realize I'm usually always faster or slower at one or the other, one's more accurate. So you do things like that, break it apart and like, okay, so I'm good at this distance or I'm good far away, but I need to speed up when I get closer or whatever. So as long as you're doing that and you're analyzing, I feel like you can kind of continue to taper your practice and, and work on that other thing you're not as good at. <laughs> no, that's that's great. It's it's always funny because I think we have such great examples of both styles of shooters. Yes. Um, you know, obviously you've got Eric Raffel and Rob Latham who are, you know, just these legends of the sport yes. who are so accurate and so controlled. And then you have people who like Max Michelle, JJ Rakaza that started out as these young kids that are just blazing crazy fast. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and you know what's funny all is they all have in the middle and, and certainly won. No, I it's funny because when you when you bring those guys up, they all have different styles. And they're so fun to watch, but they're so different. And I love to watch them and then look at their times. A perfect example, I think, is like if you watch Max Michelle, in my opinion, he looks so fast because his feet are always moving. He's always moving. He's like, yes. you know, and then Jade and like JJ, I mean, he looks fast. Like he's just like quick. But then you watch somebody like Eric and he's just efficient. He's always shooting sooner. And you look at his time and you're like, holy buckets. He didn't look like he was like really going after, but he was fast because he just nothing was wasted and I love watching those guys because there's so much you can learn and so different like you said so different yeah yeah when I was first starting out and uh you know trying to become a national champion um you know I had all of Which these role models but <laughs> oh, yeah. but um I would look to people that was were closer to me in style and I thought that was very helpful so people similar in stature like Jerry Barnhart wasn't as tall and he was much more aggressive and he stayed a lot lower. And I thought, I was like, ah, I'm going to mimic him. And it worked out for a while. But I love that you, that you too do study the other shooters out there to learn from. Is, is that, I mean, can you learn from anybody? Is that, I guess that's my next question. Um, I think, I think you can learn from anybody who knows what they're doing. Right. <laughs> There's that caveat, yep, yeah. right? Um, yep, yeah, and, yeah. and you probably don't get this anymore, but I'm sure at some point in your shooting journey too, um, you'll be on the range and, and people being a girl will, will come try to give you advice. Right. Um, and so I always tell people, um, I never get offended by that. I appreciate that. That's, that's a good thing in the sport that people are trying to be helpful. And I don't want to discourage that, but there's sometimes you hear things and you're like, not going to do that, but thank you. And then, uh, you know, go on about what <laughs> you're going on about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I told it, but yes, I do think that there's probably something that you can learn. And I have, um, in the last couple of years, even taken more classes, um, outside of my, uh, of our discipline. Right. And so for instance, I've taken some classes, um, from guys that used to be in, um, you know, special operations forces, those kinds of things, or do more defensive stuff. And gosh, even then I'm like, Huh, I could apply this over here in competitive stuff. Like what what great stuff. So it's always those fundamentals you can keep learning. Um, and it's funny how you said like watching people your style and the things that you can get, because another fellow federal shooter, Casey Reed, who who you know well, I remember like the staying lower and being aggressive. I could just anytime I see myself on, on video and I'm upright, I can just hear him like, get down, like your butt should be, you know, grass, like get in the grass, right? Like get aggressive. So it's just, yeah, it's funny because that those kinds of things I think you just learn and you build upon. So absolutely you can learn. Definitely. So back to the, the accuracy thing, obviously we've addressed speed. 
How much do you think um, NRL is helping, is going to help with your accuracy in USPSA? And is crossing over to more precision-based shooting sports a good way to improve? Um, yeah, I think that being in different disciplines is very helpful. And you have done so many disciplines, you might be able to speak better to this, but I feel like it's funny you see pistol people cross over into long guns and usually have more initial success than you do the other way around. Um, so I feel like coming into precision rifle, I expected to kind of start pretty low, like you do initially in pistol a lot of the time. Um, but I remember one of my first precision rifle matches, I think I came in top 10 and a lot of the guys that I shoot pistol with were annoyed, like jabbingly, jokingly annoyed, like, what? What did you do? I'm like, oh, you know, I just figured it out. Um, so, but yeah, I do think you learn when you cross over different dis discipline stuff that, that does translate for sure. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so for anybody who's wanting to, let's say you're the speed demon yeah. person, right? And you're just like, what, what uh, advice do you have from a, I'm a fellow slow poke turtle myself. What advice do you have <laughs> um, for them to to keep you know to maybe simmer down and 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 focus? You mentioned a lot of dry fire. Is there a specific dry fire technique or drill that you use or suggest? Yeah, um, I think um, that being honest with your sights, right, in in dry fire is important. And and I do think for those really fast people, it might even be um, a little bit more live fire to sort it out before you go back and and, and grain it. Um, in the dry fire. But the, the biggest thing that I have realized with people who, who go too fast is either they pick a speed uh, with their feet or they have a cadence in their head. And maybe you've seen that where they kind of, it's funny because you'll watch and everything, um, you know, shots it at five yards or da -da, and shots at 15 yards or da -da, and you're like, on <laughs> yeah and so it's um it's and so what i i had somebody that i was working with just recently who was doing that and i purposely forced him to do a, a some cadence drills to force him to go you know faster or slower and then we did a couple of things um that were really really forcing to focus in on the sites and it was like i don't even care if you if you, where your hits are right now i just want to make sure that you're connecting that brain needs to see what's going on with your eyeballs and that's the speed that you shoot at Right. That's great advice. Uh, so, you know, obviously practice is a huge component and efficient practice is absolutely paramount for, you know, people who have real jobs and real lives, right? That we've yeah. established. Um, what makes a good practice session? You've touched on it a little bit before, but what, what do you have? Do you have a checklist? Do you have a procedure? Do you use a journal? What do you use to make sure that your practice sessions are efficient and, and where, what you're working out what you need to? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's such a great question. Cause I, for me personally, well, and, and you work out quite a bit. So I, it's, I feel for me, it's the same way as, is working out where I have to have a plan and some sorts of, some sort of structure. I either one won't do it or I get in there and I'm like, what do I do? Like, you know, um, maybe we'll do some curls or whatever, you know? Um, so I definitely feel like, um, that's where the video comes in. So during shooting season, I, I analyze my last match video, see what I did well, see what needed some work and maybe I structure it that way. But in general, I, uh, start with, uh, you know, my, my micro micro stuff. So draws, transitions. Um, and then maybe on one day I'll work in doing those same things, but with a lean. And then the next day, okay, I'm doing those same things, but with a barrier. And now I'm changing some angles. So it's, 
it's almost overly simplistic where I think some people overthink it. They'll set it like uh, an entire stage in their basement or something, which sometimes can be beneficial, but sometimes it's like you're overdoing it and what you really need to hone on is this. So that's that's how I like to structure it. And I like to keep metrics too in a journal because it's, you know, I think people need to see progress to want to stick with something. So whether I go out and live fire or come back and drive fire, I like to keep those. Like last time I did a build drill in this, this time I did it in this and, and go from there. It help, helps me stay motivated and on track. That's such great advice because the, you, mean, you think about it when you're shooting all of these uh, shooting sports, they're not like uh, perfect score shooting sports. You know, you, you're you're comparing yourself against other people, and it's impossible to know if you're progressing, other than if you see a classification bump or whatever. But even then, that's questionable. I love that you that you journal. Um, uh, how often do you sit down and journal about this stuff and, and plan, or is it just like I have my my book, I just jot things down? Can you share your secrets with us? Yeah, that? yeah. Um, so I feel like, and gosh, what you said about the the against other people is so true because now, especially, there's so many divisions in USPSA, and there there <laughs> there tends to be trends where like this year the hotness is carry optics, right? Or but it used to be production. So as you see people maybe leaving your division. And where you are in that rankings, especially at a local match, really just depends on who else is there sometimes, you know? So it's, you, you want to have metrics to know, am I actually getting better or worse? Um, or <laughs> hopefully not worse, right? Or, or just staying the same. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so, so I like to, so for my thing, because, you know, when you go out to a match, you don't get warm-up shots. Um, so I like to go out to the range and like the first one or two drills I do are almost going to simulate something match-like where I'm completely cold to start because I somebody once told me you, you're as good as you are right out of the holster the first time, right? That's how good you are. Yep. And so yep. I like to record like, so I'll start with like a metric drill, whether it's a bill drill or a Blake drill or, or an accelerator or something like that. I like to do that first and I'll record my time and just, hey, what did I do last time? Oh, great. You know, we're, we're getting better or whatnot. I, I like to do that. And I also... um uh, a friend of mine who's a who's a shooter actually in South America gave me a really great tip where I used to shoot a drill and then either check it every time or I'd shoot a bunch of them and then I'd kind of go up and I'd be like, ah, eh, there's some here, there's some there. He kind of recommends like sets and reps almost, right? So he'll do things in like, um, you know, threes and then he'll go up and he's like, if you failed one of those three runs, I mean, that's as good as you are. So you failed. You can't be like, this one was really good and these five were bad. So this one was good though, you know? And I, Right. Yeah, because it's consistency, and I really like that. I feel like that's changed my practice quite a bit. Oh, that's great. That's really, really good tip. Uh, another question here uh, about guns and gear and that stuff. You mentioned transitioning to carry optics eventually mm -hmm. um, after you take your small hiatus with focus on precision rifle yes. stuff. Um, what are you going to be using? Talk about your ammo, your favorite ammo for limited product. I want to know, tell me about the yes. ammo. And of course we're both federal ambassadors. So we love Of that. course. Of course. I know. <laughs> Obviously we're biased, but like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> right? But I'm not kidding. I, um, so I, I've previously been shooting in limited division for pistol and I was shooting a Tanfolio limited custom. It's a, like a bluish color. Some and people like love it or hate it. I'm like, it's gun and it's, I like it, but I don't the color I don't care about, but even though I'm a girl, you would think, but no. Um, right. And you know what? I honestly say to people all the time, I'm like, if Federal didn't have this Syntec action pistol round, I wouldn't shoot limited, I don't think. I really don't because I, I don't load and I'm just, you know, with with working full time and, and everybody's got their own responsibilities, it's like, I just, I don't think I would shoot um, 40 because it sometimes factory 40 
in full, you know, power, it can be so punishing. Um, and I, I, some, you know, so I just probably wouldn't shoot that. But when they came out that round, I'm like, I love this. This is fun. I can, this literally changed and I can shoot. So I shoot the 40 Syntec action pistol, uh, in my limited custom. And then for carry optics, I just switched over and I got, um, another, uh, CZ shadow Two the carry optics ready version i really like it i like a fatter grip i feel like it gives me more grip surface to hold on to and it helps me better control the gun i know a lot of women or, or a lot of people think women want like a little tiny grip but i'm like the you know more grip surface you get more contact and it's easier to hold on to in my opinion um and so of course the syntec action pistol beautiful little lipstick rounds um because they you know load it for power factor which in our sport for people that aren't familiar is basically kind of um basically your velocity and, and your your bullet uh, weight and so that's going to help give an idea of like how much re felt recoil if, if i'm explaining that correctly julie um and yes, absolutely yeah. And so they, they make it to be as soft shooting within those specifications as possible. And it's just a great round. And it, it um, also being that it's got that, that poly coating on it, you, you experience less splashback, less issues, less, you know, fouling in your gun. You don't have to worry about steel coming back at you as much. So um, I just love that round. And so I've got that and I have a SRO optic on my gun and that's what I'll be, I'll be doing a lot of standing and shooting practicing this season with that <laughs> for the beginning. Oh, that's great. That's great. So you're a Syntec all the way kind of girl. I am. I love it. Yes, I do. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, uh, what I really love about Syntec in practice is the fact that um, it's when you're shooting a hot, you know, a, a hot day and you're shooting 300 to 500 rounds, you can shoot so much more. You don't have to wait for the gun to cool down. You can be really focused. You're not depending on on when you're ready, you know, your equipment's ready, you are shooting when you're ready. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. But that actually when because I've been shooting Syntec for so long. But yeah, when you're shooting those FMJ rounds, yeah, it's a big difference for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and as far as uh, NRL, are, are you shooting, you know, just factory 22? Is there a specific load that you like for that? Yeah, so um, I... I am lucky that I am up here in Minnesota where Federal is. And so I've gotten to know some of the engineers and um, gotten to chat with them. And so uh, Federal makes some great products. Um, also, you know, CCI is under the, the Federal umbrella and they actually, I think it's Green Tag that they made specifically uh, just for, for competition. And so I've been kind of starting to play around and plink with that and I'm loving it. How important is it for you to be able to, you know, buy the ammo there and get the ammo as a as a individual that isn't going to reload? Do you think that's a big help for newcomers to to get involved in shooting sports to know that they don't have to not only learn how to shoot and and deal with a shooting sport, <clears throat> excuse me, but also all of the reloading stuff that goes with it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are some people like my dad. My dad is one of those typical older guys that like loves to tool around in his shed and reload and mess with loads and all that stuff. But a lot of people, that's not them, right? So just the idea that like, hey, I only have so much time and I want to devote that to range sessions or practice or dry fire or whatnot. And some of it, it's like, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Like we've come up with these rounds that are made for it. You know, it's, they're going to always make power factor, but they will be soft shooting. So it's just, I think so nice and confident because they know that other people in the sport um, are using it with success. And so it's that reliability that stands behind it too. You know, federal obviously is known for quality and reliability, and that's nice to know you can go to a match with that. Definitely. 
Well, Crystal, this has been an amazing conversation, a little chat. We've, we've done a little bit of everything, talking about your history, your shooting and, and competition, and then all of the little things in between. Um, any other words of wisdom or things you'd love our federal listeners to know about before we sign off? Oh, you're so sweet. I've, I love this conversation. Like, we need to just call and do this all the time. Um, not on even, not on camera. Um, <laughs> I am totally, I've been like drooling over your built-ins back there with all your cool stuff. I'm like, oh, I just oh. love that. It's gorgeous. Um, well, you know, yeah, Of course. Um, no, you know what? The biggest thing I can say is just don't be afraid. I love to tell people that when I started the first time I came up against a Texas star, which as you know, is a, it's a big metal target that spins. And as you shoot the plates off, it starts to spin, spins faster and faster. The first time I came against it, I think I probably had 40 rounds in my belt and went through all of them and didn't finish it, right? <laughs> and it was like embarrassing and awful, but at the same time, like I just laughed it off. And then I went home and I practiced and it motivated me. So I just wanna encourage people like, I know that it's kind of maybe cliche, but don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to try. And it's so fun. And, you know, you've got so much stuff out there for families. You've got, you know, children's books with the, you know, toys, tools, guns, and rules. It's like, just get your whole family out there, right? Like incorporate it, make it a family thing, because I think that's what's going to preserve our second amendment. Um, everybody wants to feel safe, but at the end of the day, I think it's that love and that enjoyment and that building and that family bonding is what's going to carry the tradition of it, um, you know, going forward into future generations. Ah, oh, such great advice. Uh, that's this has been so much fun. I, I appreciate you so much, and uh, we got to do it again. Yeah, whether it's on the camera or not. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm but down. Uh, <laughs> very good. You have a, a great healing process. Good luck with surgery, and we'll of course be watching you in the standings in NRL, and of course your venture into carry optics too. Of course I will. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was such a fun conversation. And thank you, Julie. You know I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Good boy. It's a season with no beginning. Or end. With bonds so strong. Not weather. Or age. thousands of miles keep us from it. Our love for it is as varied as those who are addicted to its pursuit. A connection with the outdoors. With family. And your best friend. We plan with anticipation. We prepare. And wait. In silence. With tired legs cold hands we push on all in hopes of hearing a call that shatters the calm to see the approach of thundering skies and experience the instantaneous rush for whatever your reason This is our season. Welcome back to It's Federal Season and the News and Notes segment. Welcome back to the It's Federal Season podcast. I'm your guest host, Julie Golub. It has been over a month since Federal turned 100. Check out federalpremium.com slash merchandise for new apparel celebrating this wonderful milestone or purchase a new company history book. 
Federal, The First 100 Years. It's a beautiful, detailed, hardcover book with amazing stories and visuals highlighting that centennial celebration. There are a couple of opportunities to meet the team from Federal at upcoming consumer shows. Join us in Little Rock, Arkansas, July 29th through 31st for Delta Waterfowl's Duck Hunters Expo. The popular Game Fair is being hosted again in August in Ramsey, Minnesota, as is Buckmasters in Montgomery, Alabama. The next episode of It's Federal Season will feature a discussion with personal defense expert Craig Duckless of ShivWorks. Look for that discussion to be live early in July. In the meantime, you can learn more about me at juliegollop.com or follow me on social at juliegollop on Instagram or Facebook. If you liked what you hear on this podcast, please go to our ratings and leave us an honest review. Thanks so much. 